Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond. I want to thank you for joining me today. Today's episode is the first part in a multi-part series around exercise. I hope to convey the framework that I use to help somebody structure an exercise program. I'm going to start by laying some foundation and context around exercise and movement in general because I find that allows for a nice scaffolding to work from. I've been working in this field for a while. I've been a gym owner for a long time. And over the years, I've been lucky enough to get connected with some of the greatest minds in movement of my time and borrow the bits and pieces that I found most useful and applicable from those people and found a way to bring them together in a, in a way that you can use almost as an algorithm to figure out how to make a decision in the moment with a given individual so that the outcome most aligns with the desires of that individual. Now, there's some concepts that I work with that really can't be messed with that have held true over a long time. There are many methods to have a productive movement routine, but there's fewer concepts. Even within those concepts, there's different takes of how to configure them, not just configure them in the gym, but in the mind when figuring out how to navigate these decisions. I've spent a lot of time trying to zoom out as I think about movement and get the best objective view of what's real that I can. Today I'd like to begin with talking about why we're even interested or why I'm interested. I probably made you less interested (laughs) by now because how silly this sounds considering it's a talk about movement. I'm not going to pretend I know why we exist or why we're here But it does seem that 
within our human experience, we are bound by a body. I don't think the body fully represents what we are because the body changes over time, yet we still reside in it somehow. If you go back five or ten years, you were still somewhere in your body, yet very few of the cells that make up your body now existed then. And hopefully, five or ten years from now, you'll still be around somewhere in that body, yet you'll have a new collection of cells to live within. Our body is housing something. It's housing the you inside. When I think about why to exercise, why to have a movement practice, you'll hear me use movement and exercise interchangeably throughout this. I think of the desire for our body to provide utility for the us that is inside of it. Now, specific goals might vary from person to person, but ultimately, the idea would be for the body to operate as optimal as possible for as long as possible so that the body goes out on your terms. It seems like we could have quite an impact on how our body manifests and that could have a tremendous impact on how the us inside of it can live our life. So utility might be different from person to person for instance, somebody that wants to play professional basketball has a different demand for their body than someone that just wants to be able to get down on the floor and play a game with their grandchild. Or someone that as they age wants to be able to travel and manage their luggage might have a different demand than somebody that wants to play golf four days a week. And some people might just want to stay out of a nursing home and desire not to be a burden on a loved one. In all these scenarios, we have a desire, but we have a, a demand or a requirement for the body to allow that to transpire. So when I think of exercise, I think of providing the right stimulus for the body to provide the maximal amount of utility for the me that is inside to the degree that I desire for the duration that I desire. I want to be able to do what I want for as long as I want, to put simply. I often ask people the first day why they're there. Why did they show up? Why did they pull in the parking lot to meet me? I ask them about the most important things to them. And if I continue to ask why, the answers usually weave their way to a final spot that relates to so that they could do what they want for as long as they want. If you ask somebody what's the most important thing to you, you might hear answers like my children, my family, my relationship to a higher power, finances, the environment different things. But if you continue to ask, why is that the most important thing to you? You'll get more refined answers. And eventually we realize that 
all these other things that are important to us are dependent on us in some way. You could only provide the community service that's important to you if you are fit enough to do so. You could only provide the nourishment to some of your family members if you're fit enough to do so. You could only provide the output at your place of employment or passion or hobby if you're fit enough to do so. So this is a brief summary of why I feel it's important to have a movement practice. Now I put a lot of intention to composing a movement program. It's not necessary. We're going to be talking about qualities that we're trying to cultivate through movement. And when looking at certain aspects of cultivating those qualities, like how often, how hard you work at it, the different ways that you work at it, consistency and frequency can really drive the progress. So even though I'm going to get really nerdy about some movement stuff, it's actually not that important and not that necessary. But I hope that the things that I provide might offer little insights that you might add to what you're doing now. So just, you don't need to take it all, but maybe you will find something useful. But overall, showing up and having a movement practice, having an exercise routine, is more important than what you're doing. I remember when I was younger in the gym, I would make fun of people in my mind when I saw them doing what I thought was ridiculous in the gym compared to my what I thought to be such good education on the topic. But what I realized is some people came to the gym and did what I would consider ridiculous things, but they did it three or four times and they seemed to do it forever and plan on continuing to do it forever. And that's great. Being consistent in showing up to practice movement and exercise is more important than all the other factors. But in this series, we're going to dive deep into those other factors for those that are interested. I do find that when you put intention into the structure of a a movement program, a lot of good things can happen. Now, you don't have to put as much intention in it as I do and some of my clients. You could put whatever amount you want into it. I do find that the shorter the amount of time you can devote total throughout the week or month towards an exercise routine, the more value the intention has. There's less room for error when you only have an hour or two a week total to compile all the physical activity you're going to do that you're going to rely on to stimulate the outcome for your body to show up for you. If somebody has 15 hours a week to work with, there's a lot more freedom and a lot more margin of error. Later in the series, I will show examples of what my current routine is for myself and something that's typical 
for the average person that might have anywhere from two to four hours total throughout the week, which is kind of the sweet spot that I find that most of my clients are willing to invest. For those that take a sport or hobby very seriously that has physical demands, two to four hours is going to be hard to reach your potential. But for what the average person seems to desire, it seems to be a sweet spot that can be very productive and very sustainable. So this concludes the first part of this series. And my goal here was to just briefly touch on why we do any of this. I do it because I do want to be around for a long time. I hope that one day I can get down on the floor and play with my great-grandkids, or I could explore some of the beautiful land that stretches over this beautiful planet and handle whatever demands that are associated with that. I want to be able to hike trails and engage with the beauty of nature as I feel deeply connected to it. I want to be able to stand tall and hold myself up and prepare food for my loved ones and myself. But I want to be able to do these for a very long time. I want to be able to get off the floor with ease. I want to be able to do tasks around the house or shovel snow without needing to go to the chiropractor the next day. I never want to reside in a nursing home. I've seen loved ones in those buildings and it always saddens me. I want to be able to do lawn work at a very old age. I want to be able to take long walks. I want to be able to garden, maybe tend to animals, maybe harvest animals from the wild. These are the things that drive my why. I want to be there for my loved ones. I want to be dependable for my loved ones. I want them to know they could rely on me and I want my body to allow me to meet those demands. That is my why. That is my why. Maybe there's a useful idea in my why that you could start to shape your own why. My guess is if you ask yourself the questions, you will already know your why if you explore inward for a little while. My challenge, or what I ask you to do, is spend some amount of minutes thinking about that and looking inward before you move on to the next part of the series. Ask yourself why you want to exercise. If you know where you're going, the path shows up a little easier. I think the old saying is if you don't know where you're going, any path will take you. Spend time thinking about where you want to go with your movement program. Maybe spend time thinking about what it looks like. Like literally, when you get out of the shower and you're naked and the mirror is there, what does it look like? What do you want your, mu your movement practice to provide for you physically? Take a moment and think about what that would feel like. We know that exercise can have amazing transformational effects on the body. We are adaptation machines. When you find an appropriate dose of mechanical stress to put on the body, it responds, it adapts, and it changes. And it's really fun 
to go through. It's empowering. It's fun to watch other people go through it. I find it very rewarding watching somebody have a positive transformation with their physical body. It's a chance to really deepen the relationship you have with yourself and thus all other aspects of your life. Imagine you're already there. What does that feel like? Can you apply an adjective or two towards it? Maybe it feels energizing, empowering, strong, vital. How do you want it to feel? Spend time thinking about that. When we are clear on why we do things, the decisions of what we need to do to do it, the actions, they become a lot easier in the mind. Sometimes when we don't know why we do things, we can create a conflict in our mind. For instance, if we don't think why we want to eat a healthy diet, and you're at the office and it's someone's birthday and they bring in the cake, and you haven't really clarified why you want to eat healthy, you might have a, a fight going on in your mind that sounds something like this. Oh man, I want to eat a piece of that cake. Oh, you really shouldn't eat that cake. You know you're not supposed to be eating that cake. Oh, but look at that cake. It's 3 o'clock and I'm tired and that would give me the perfect pick-me-up. Funny stories like that can be told in your mind between you and yourself. Whereas, it's if you're clear of why you want to eat healthy, those things just become easier and more matter-of-fact. They're like, oh, I don't eat that stuff. It's like the decision becomes easier. There's less suffering in the moment where you're making it. It's just brief and it just flows through you. The same thing could be with exercise. If we're not really clear on why we're doing it, we might get carried all over the place. We might be carried by our own attachments, like I like this exercise or I don't like this exercise. Attachments like that could actually get in the way of our progress. If we come into an exercise program thinking something like, well, when I was in high school, I used to do 10 pull-ups, so I just want to be able to do 10 pull-ups. But if it's 50 years post-high school, an attachment like that could really get you in trouble in a gym environment when you're trying to get stronger and do more pull-ups. It might make you ignore signals of pain signals of your body telling you that maybe this doesn't serve you well, doesn't serve the goal. This is no longer going to provide utility for your body, for you going forward. You might ignore those signals and wind up in the physical therapist's office or the orthopedic surgeon. But if we're clear on why we're doing things, in that example, let's say, well, I want to be strong so that I can do the things when I'm older. And as you practice developing strength along the way, maybe you practice pull-ups. And along the way, maybe you progress on those pull-ups. And maybe one day you do as many pull-ups as you did in high school. And that outcome is more a byproduct of embracing a process. Being able to see when we have attachments will serve you well in the long run when you're practicing movement. The long run is important. I want to play the long game here. I don't want to just be able to work really hard now or feel really good now. 
but set myself up not to five or 10 years from now. I just want to continue to feel great for as long as I can. So I ask you, think about your why. Think about what that looks like. Think about what that feels like. And then check back for part two, where we're going to get into the what. My intention in part two is to define movement and lay some context around the actual patterns and activities that are available for us to practice on our journey. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this.